Even if your team lost yesterday, Jesus won. Come on. Well, good morning, and good morning to our online audience. So grateful that we get to have in-person and we get to be a global church through the means of technology. Can you greet our online family and just tell them you love them? Come on, give them a big hand clap right now. Yeah. So listen, a couple of things I want to get out of the way. We got something real special this morning I want to get out of the way for. Um, if you are not engaged in a ministry of some sort, I'm just here to tell you that that's part of your development. That's part of the stewardship that we have as being a part of the family. I don't know how you grew up in your house, but in my house, everybody had chores. Come on, somebody. And, and, and listen, you didn't have to feel led to take the trash out and by means of Keith Jr. Come on. That was just what you did. At least around here, we give you an opportunity to choose. But in truth, there is a part that you play of building the house of the Lord. It is a privilege for us to get to serve the next generation and children or the youth or middle school or however. I, I want you to know that everything that you see, including, how many of you enjoyed the worship experience this morning? Come on. Just so you know, that's not an accident. They were here Thursday. They were here at like 7 o'clock this morning getting it ready for you guys. Have already had one service and did two. And so we're just grateful for those type of services and service that people will offer to the Lord using their gifts. You have gifts whether you know it or not. And you say, well, I don't know what my gift is. Well, here's one way to get started. Start what, with what is available and God will lead you to the ultimate. Amen? So also remember, beginning this fall, we're starting our discipleship pathways. I'm teaching one on emotionally health. Coco is doing another one on purpose. For those that don't know what their purpose is, she's going to wrestle with that with you. And, and I believe that God will help you have a more purposeful life. Those of you that are online, we have some opportunities for you as well. So listen, nobody grows without intentionality. So if you say, man, I, I need to grow, but I got this. I know everybody's got priorities. Everybody's busy. But you're going to have to figure out how to make it a priority to, to, to literally make yourself available for the opportunities for community groups and for the discipleship pathway so that you can grow in Christ. Amen? And so, listen, I, I recognize when I came to the church, and it's getting near the fall again. So every time the fall comes, I remember when I first came to the church and when we were appointed here in October of 2019. And that was before the world changed. Come on, y'all. And so, but, but when I, when I, Jason gave me a gift that had three different types of wood in it that represented Jerry Cook, that represented Ted Roberts, and represented Jason. And it was a baton. And, and what, he, what it was metaphorically saying is, is that for this leg of the race, the baton was being passed to me from Jason to me. And that none, none of us are permanent. All of us are transient. Every leader in the house of the Lord is in transition. We're all, in fact, you are too. But the reality is, is the mission of God hangs in a house. The purposes of God hang in a house for all generations. And so I'm just the steward in this leg of the race. And I recognize that part of what, it, what my role was to be was to be a bridge between generations and that I get to sponsor the next generation and lift them up and encourage them. And so one of the things that I've done is try to raise up leaders and God has sent us some. We've got a daughter in the house this morning that's going to minister the word of God for us. I'm excited about it. I've already heard this message. It is phenomenal. Listen to me, ladies, say amen. amen. I want you to know that there's a theology in the body of Christ that prohibits you from ever speaking or leading or leading in any capacity in senior leadership capacity. We are a four square church. Our founder was a woman. That is not our doctrine. So you are free to be as phenomenal as you can be, and it is my privilege and honor to, to bring forward to you this morning, Crystal Perez, a daughter of our house. Give her a big hand this morning as she comes. 
Come on, baby, take your liberty. Oh, Pops, thank you. Pastor Keith, Nate and I call him Pops. He's just become such a father figure in our lives. Um, man, being embraced is by he and, and Mama Coco has been one of the greatest gifts to us. So thank you, Pastor Keith. I am so honored, privileged, um, humbled to get to open up the word of God with you. My favorite, my favorite piece of literature on the planet right here is I'm so excited and honored to, to open it. And uh, I'm gonna be excited to do that. Before I do that though, um, the first Sunday of every month is Mission Sunday here. That's been in our DNA all along. Uh, East Hill has always been a church that is about the community and about others, whether it's local or global. And so this morning, actually, I, I'm gonna talk for a second about the local organization I work for, which is called Shepherd's Door. And it's a part of Portland Rescue Mission. Yeah, we can give it a hand, shout out. If you haven't heard of Shepherd's Door, it's an amazing program. It is, it's so close too. It's just right down Halsey um, and nearby. And uh, this is a one year discipleship program that specializes in addiction recovery. We have three spokes is what our, our executive director likes to call it. Like imagine a three wheeled bike. And what our program is all about is simultaneously growing in life skills, spiritual formation and addiction recovery. We do all three at the same time, but every single part of it is based on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We can only exist because awesome men and women of God give toward Shepherd's Door. It's not a state funded thing, it's, it's a Jesus funded thing. And our kids, you may or may not know that our children's ministry this past spring gave, ours at East Hill, gave our kids at Shepherd's Door summer fun kits. We have a little picture of some feet, I think, that's gonna come up. Those are just three, three of our kids' feet and I, I love the really little one with the chubby ankles. I mean, I love them all, but it's just so cute. And um, those summer fun packets, they had towels and um, water shoes, squirt guns, all sorts of really fun stuff. Because our, our um, home is not just for women, but children. And um, also is in the business of helping moms uh, reunite with their kids. And it is a miracle. Every time I get to see something like that, it is a miracle from Jesus. And you are helping partner with that. Maybe you didn't even know, but East Hill is one of our very carefully selected churches where we allow our women to attend. And we, the criteria we look for in a church to send our participants to is that you are grace-filled, that you love with arms wide open, that those who are overcoming addiction could come in here and have no stigma, but be embraced. Thank you for being that kind of a place. Thank you. So blessed, and Shepherd's Door is, it's 40 hours of my week every week, so you're gonna hear me tell a few stories this morning um, about things I have learned from our incredible women. But we um, have together, the ladies and I have been studying the book of James, and it rocks my world. Every Tuesday night we do our, our Bible study it's such a hardcore book. <laughs> and I knew that God wanted me to bring um, some of the, the very lessons I've been learning on our Tuesday nights to you this morning. Before I do that, can we take a moment of just quiet and ask Jesus to move through this word? And Jesus, we just take a second. We pause for a moment. 
We take a breath and we ask that you would breathe your word into us. And as we're going to be talking about trials, Lord, I pray that you would encourage, encourage. Lord, we just, I think of that word as those of us who need courage, that it would get into us, encourage us today that we can persevere through you, Jesus. Lord, those who are in the middle of something harder than I can even imagine, may they receive these words and hear the, like they were coming straight from you. Jesus, help me get out of the way and you speak. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So if you have your Bible, you can flip to the book of James. It's way far right. It's your left, my right. It's near the, the end of the Bible. And <clears throat> James is super hardcore. I also really love him, side note, because he's the brother of Christ and he doesn't even say that. He identifies himself just as a servant of God. And then, boom, he hits you right at the beginning. So first, all he says is, hi, greetings. Right there in verse two, he has the audacity to start a book of the Bible with the following verse. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, uh, that's me sometimes, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. What an amazing passage. Amazing. I mean, those three things, when I read that, mature, complete, not lacking anything. Man, if I, if I could die with that on my tombstone, that's all I need. Man, if I would reach the end of my life, there's a lot of other characteristics that I wish I had. Like one, when I was little, I used to pray that God would make me shy. I, I, I don't know, and turn my eyes brown. I'm like, I really had these things I wanted. Um, I wanted to be these things, but you know what? Hey, I don't need that. I don't need those changes. But if I could be mature, complete, not lacking anything, that's how I want to leave this earth. Banning Liebscher spoke a couple of weeks ago. Did any of you hear Banning's message? Mind blown. Mind blown emoji. You guys all know that emoji. Um, it was so good. He was talking about that the purpose, the reason the church exists, it's not to get together and have a performance and have a, just a cool building. Although, thank God we have air conditioning, we have lights, we have a stage. Thank you, Jesus. But what the church is, is actually an entity to bring people to maturity. We exist that people may be brought to maturity. That's the end goal. If the whole goal of the Christian walk is to be mature, complete, not lacking in anything, that's going to take something because I can tell you, I don't start out that way. Babies don't start out that way. <laughs> we need training. We got to get there somehow. Um, and, it, and it's a process. Okay. So let's, let's find out how that process happens. Okay. Skip down to verse 12. If you're right there in James chapter one, go to verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, I'm telling you, James is really hardcore. After desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
remember that God doesn't tempt us. We actually tempt ourselves by our own evil desires. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. So perseverance. When we read these two sections, we can really see that the way to become mature, complete, and not lacking anything, which is the end goal, we're only going to get there by learning to persevere under trial. Man, I love the thought of being mature and complete and not lacking anything, but I don't like trials. I don't like trials. One of my biggest trials is my three-year-old daughter. I know she's not in here, so sorry, Penny. Some of you know her. Um, yeah, sorry. You know, I was a pastor's kid, by the way, and my dad would always talk about me, and it made, you know, I didn't like it, but she's not in here. She doesn't know, okay? Don't tell her, okay? So, sorry, Penelope. She does things like she'll grab pieces of fruit, sometimes that aren't even, like I have this beautiful peach that it's not even ripe yet. She'll take a few bites out of it and be like, oh, it's not ripe, and then throw it in the garbage. Then one day she, she ate, she snuck apples out of the fridge on multiple occasions and one day took two bites and put them in the trash while I was upstairs just trying to go to the bathroom. Any other parents, can you understand this? And I'm like gonna lose my, she gets on the counter and eats toothpaste. She, the other day I could not figure out, I, I went and bought new lotion because I'm like, oh, we're out of baby lotion. And then I, I feel the lotion bottle. I'm like, there's still lotion in there. I open it up, I pull it out and I'm like, oh, sweet Lord, help me. There was lotion. There, what had happened is someone had bit the tube of the lotion closed. That's why it wasn't flying. Cause she had been going in there on her free time, opening the lotion, eating it and chewing on it. Chewing on the tube. I'm like, oh dear Lord, I can't, I can't do it. That's all, oh, she's her father, Pastor Nate. That's what his mom, his mom told me that that's how he was. But I'm telling you, trials, okay, sometimes they, they can come in many different forms and you just feel like you cannot keep going, but, but we have to learn how to get through them and then we can, actually, we can actually get a little bit smarter. By the way, I learned to put the toothpaste up high, see? Put it up, yeah. You go through enough trials, you start getting smarter. That word persevere, there's three different, there's several different, uh, versions of the Bible, the three most popular versions interpret that word, which was originally in Greek, three different ways. One, one version says um, per, the word perseverance, uh, consider it pure joy when, when you face trials. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Another one says endurance, endurance. Another one says, blessed is the one who remains steadfast under trial. These are all great. They all have a slightly different connotation, but they mean the same thing, which is to bear up under. If you're wondering like why I have this, I'm gonna get to that. Maybe you're already guessing. Those of you like uh, extra credit people, you're already guessing where the sermon's going, right? You're like, perseverance, I know she's going there. Though what that word means to face difficulty, but see, I love that version. It's the ESV that says remain steadfast because the word steadfast reminds me of the word faithful, faithful. There are very few descriptive words that are used more often in the Old Testament than 
faithful. It is one of the most key components of who God is. You see the word over and over in the Old Testament. Then when you read the New Testament through the life of Jesus Christ, you see it lived out faithful, steadfast, and true. And here's the thing. We, according to the book of Genesis, we are made in the image and likeness of God. Male and female, he created them in his image. He created them. We are supposed to be showing the world what God looks like. A little scary, isn't it? That he would use you and me. He did it on purpose. He chose broken, messed up people on purpose that his glory may be seen. But if we are called to bear the image of God, that means we are supposed to be a steadfast, faithful people who don't change like shifting shadows. That's hard for me because I said this first service, I'll say it again. I mean, if I like don't even, don't eat every three hours, like I am not even the same person I was three hours ago. I mean, I, I eat 11sies like the hobbits. Anyone seen Lord of the Rings? I have breakfast, I have second breakfast, I have 11sies, then I have lunch, okay? If I don't get my food, if I don't get my coffee, if I don't get sleep, I'm not like the happy crystal who you thought you knew, okay? I'm not as steadfast as God is, but I'm supposed to be. Psalms 33, three through four says this, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Let me read that part to you again. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. God um, not only wants us to reflect his faithfulness, he embedded it into creation for us to see. Isn't that amazing? Um, This past year, uh, the nature around us went through a lot. Uh, this, this weekend last year was when Smokageddon happened. Anyone remember Labor Day fires? I mean, it was, oh my gosh, that was bad. I mean, it was bad for us. It was really bad for like some of the trees. Like it really was not good for trees and plants. We went through 10 days of unbreathable air. And it, you can imagine what that did too poor nature. And then we get to the once in a lifetime ice storm of February. Do you, do we remember the snowmageddon of February? And in certain parts of the state, um, the ice destroyed trees, especially like West Lynn was like hammered, Oregon city, different areas. The ice was worse. Um, and what is, was so incredible to me was watching all around me, I would go on walks, I would see after the ice melted and, and branches had ripped off. And it was in late February and in March, as spring began to start, I was like, man, are these trees still gonna bloom? And sure enough, some of the very cherry trees, I, I saw one where the branch was like hanging by a thread and yet here come the blossoms, just like they're supposed to fall, winter, spring, summer, the sun rises, the sun sets, and the name of the Lord will be praised. He's faithful, steadfast. He's put it into creation so that we can see the seasons. They come and they go. God is faithful. We are called to be steadfast and faithful. We are called to persevere in the face of difficulty. Not just in good times. Pastor Keith said it in his word when he came up here and said, we can trust in good times. What about in the bad times? We're called to persevere in the face of difficulty. Have any of you guys seen the reality TV show on Netflix called Married at First Sight? I mean, who's, who's brave enough to be like, okay, I've watched it, yeah. 
Okay, obviously I'm giving myself away if I'm gonna use this as an illustration, and I did watch the first season, okay? Um, I mean, I know it's trash TV. If you haven't seen it, what, the whole concept is that these couples, they meet through a wall, they're in a pod and they talk and they talk. I do love the idea of like not picking someone based on looks, that's great, but that's a different sermon, okay? However, and I like to preach that one, especially to guys, but anyway, okay, I'm getting, I gotta go to the young adults group for that. Okay, I really don't get off, if I get off, off board, I'll, I won't get back to steadfastness. Okay, perseverance, yes. So there's the, the pods, right? And they meet through the pods. The only way they're allowed to continue their relationship and see each other in person is if they like propose to each other and they, they promise, they get engaged, like ring. They're like, okay, we're gonna get married. They have a couple weeks to get to know each other. All of this fast forward, the wedding day happens and, and it's a real wedding day. I mean, I can see it's actually a pretty cheap talk show set. But anyway, there's like wedding dress, the groom's in the thing, there's an officiant and they, they come down the aisle and of course, do they let the couple have a talk ahead of time and decide whether or not they're really gonna get married? No, they don't. They make them get all the way down the aisle and, and have the officiant be like, have and hold till death do you part in sickness and in health. And then the moment comes and the camera shot's getting in close and you know, they stretch it out like three minutes long. And like inevitably, one, one of them, in some cases, one says yes and the other says, oh, I don't. One says, I do, one's like, I don't. You know, the bride goes running down, down the street and she's crying and mascara and her veil's ripping off and she's, she's crying next to the dumpster and we're all like, yeah, this is good TV. <laughs> and I'm telling you this whole story to say, our culture's gotten pretty weird what we're entertained by, right? We're, we're pretty sick, because I, I did love it. I was like, ooh, are they, are they gonna get married or not? We, we get entertained by some really, like watching people's lives be ruined. That's really sad. But James, the apostle and the author of this book, he was writing to Christians who were facing a culture who was actually entertained by Christians being eaten by lions by Christians being persecuted, by Christians being burned alive. The believers in that day faced a persecution that we in America cannot understand. Our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, they're starting to have to go through stuff like this. It's happening in many places in the world, but yet here we are, here we are and, and we think this is the worst trial we have. Man. And they were about to be eaten by a lion if they didn't get rid of the name of Jesus over their life. And James has the audacity to say, count it joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, including that you could die for your faith because the testing of your faith produces perseverance, which will make you mature and complete. They literally may have died. When I say I want that to be on my tombstone, I mean it figuratively, maybe at 100 years old, they literally were making that choice. How could they possibly count it joy unless they understood what the outcome of perseverance could be, what the outcome of trials could be if you allow Jesus to do his work? So hopefully I've convinced you by now that we need to learn perseverance if we're gonna get through this walk that Jesus has called us to. So how do we do it? I'm gonna give you three quick points today. And number one, I love this because I do love running. I'm that annoying person that you all, not you all, unless you're a runner, you hate this person who's like, 
everyone would love running if they try. That's really what I believe, okay? So number one, train for the race. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says this. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into, say it with me, strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Got to have a plan, right? I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others that I myself would not be disqualified for the prize. What a powerful passage. He is, he's using an example of real life athletics to talk about our life with Jesus. He is not saying, by the way, he's not advocating for self-harm. When he says, I strike a blow to my body, he's talking about self-discipline that athletes have. Imagine those, those Olympic athletes to get to the level that they're at, they keep track of like everything they eat, how many minutes, their heart rate, they go into strict training because they have a prize. They have their eye on the goal. We have an eye on the goal of becoming mature, complete, not lacking in anything. And the only way that we will get there is practice, is training. So I want to show you this in real life. We have an amazing woman on our staff here and on our worship team. Her name's Amelia Warden. She's going to come out here. Can we give her a hand? Come on out, Amelia. And two amazing young fellows who are gonna help her. Um, yes, give them a hand. We love Jared and Connor. Amelia is so such an inspiration to me that she could work and be a mom of a little baby and then still be a CrossFit coach and serve Jesus and volunteer on the worship team and she's just amazing. So Amelia, let me ask you, when you first went to your CrossFit gym, could you lift heavy stuff yet? Could you do a pull up yet? Because I've seen you do like mass amounts of pull-ups. So it took some time, right? And some training. You had to start somewhere, right? So do you mind showing us how you started? And the reason I asked her specifically to squat is because the word persevere means to bear up under the weight of a trial. So see, I'm going to tell you a fictional story about Amelia's life. None of this is necessarily true. But let's, let's pretend... I'm, this is an illustration. Amelia's in high school. She's had a pretty good life until she goes through a very difficult breakup with her high school sweetheart. And her heart is shattered. But she stands back up in Jesus. And she learns to reach out to people and that she's going to be okay. And she gets through that trial because of the faithfulness of God. And then Amelia gets a little bit older. She gets to know Jesus a little bit more. She's in her word She's practicing spiritual disciplines. And then in college, she faces something she had never faced before. It's depression. And she, she has this cloud around her, this sadness. She, doesn't, she wants to give up on her faith. But she knew that Jesus got her through the breakup and Jesus is going to get her through the depression. And so she decides she's going to do what she's got to do, reach out for Jesus, get counseling, get in the word, talk to people, be vulnerable. And she's going to trust that the same God Instead of dropping out of college, she gets the help. She pushes through it. She stands back up. And then later in life, after, sometime after college, she gets her first job. 
And then she faces what I would call a test. And she's working at this company that is making money like hand over fist, like so much money. And she's like, this is great. I bought a house. I'm providing for my family. But then she finds out that they're making that much money because the, the books are being cooked. It is an unethical business. She has the choice whether or not she's going to stay or if she's going to leave and trust God that he will give her another job. And so she says, I'm going to make the hard right choice. God has been faithful. I believe his word. She's been in the word long enough to know that God honors integrity. And so she makes a scary choice and she leaves the job. And see, now that she's been through that, she goes through something even harder. And she and her husband have their first baby and they go through the pregnancy and, and the labor and the delivery and they cannot wait to meet their precious baby. But then when the baby's born, they, they know something's wrong and they find out that there's a, a diagnosis of a special need that they did not see coming, some kind of a disability. And as hard as that is, and, and I know it, my family's walked through it, she decides God has been faithful in the past he was faithful in my heartbreak. He was faithful when I left my job. He was faithful in my depression. He will be faithful. He's gonna use this child for his glory. And yet again, she bears up under. Thank you so much, Amelia. see she and an online audience I hope you are I hope you're listening to this too this trial that she ended up on with these huge weights that I don't even think I, how heavy are those oh my gosh okay right 35 oh. if she didn't start with this she would have never gotten to that right she never would have unless she trained I, I um I knew someone at the, the church I used to work at, we, we ran this race and um, we invited everyone in our disciples, discipleship school to run the race. You could do a 5K, a 10K or a half marathon. And this, this lady, she had never ran a race before ever. And then she's like, oh, I'm signing up for the half. And I'm like, mm, I don't think you should do that. You really should run a 5K and then a 10K and then maybe a half, okay? And she's like, oh no, I'm gonna do it. Week in and week out, I'd be talking to her. But how's your training? Oh, I'm really tired this week, so I just went for a few walks. I'm like, oh Lord, it's gonna be bad. And every week, right, I'd chat with her again. How are you doing? Well, I got, you know, I ran a few miles this week. I'm like, okay, do you know what 13 miles will take out of you? Do you know? She's like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You want to guess? Was she fine the day the race came? No. No, she wasn't. She had to be picked up by the, the sweeper car that goes in the back to get any. <laughs> they actually have a time limit where legally, like, the city has agreed the race can only take this long and we need to open the streets back up. And they send a vehicle to pick up people who couldn't finish the race. She didn't train for a half marathon. Of course she's not going to finish. You are going to go through things in your walk with Jesus that are so hard, not because God doesn't love you, but because life is hard. And if we don't do the small things first, we're not going to be ready for the big things. But let me, let me share this with you. Um, Christine Kane, 
love her. She's an amazing preacher. Some of you know of her. She's been climbing mountains. I follow her on Instagram. I, I keep seeing her climb all these mountains at the peak, like boom. I didn't know she was training for a specific mountain. And I saw on her Instagram this week, she posted something and I knew I was preparing to speak this word. I was like, oh, I gotta share this. She said, I might pronounce some of these wrong. I've hiked Mount Baldy, San Gorgonio. Anyone know, did I say that right? San Gorgonio Mountain, Mount Wilson, Mount San Jacinto, Mount Baden-Powell, Ontario Peak, Cucamonga Peak, Bishop Pass Trail, Alum Cave Trail to Mount Lee Conte, and several others in preparation for Mount Whitney, the highest mountain in the contiguous United States and the Sierra Nevada, with an elevation of 14,505 feet. Yesterday, I found out that all the national parks had to be closed because of fires in Northern California and resources are stretched too thin. Totally understandable. I don't know when we'll get another permit. It's a lottery system. In the meantime, I have a choice. I can be frustrated and think that a solid year of preparation was a waste of time, or I can be grateful for the journey thus far, the lessons learned, the strength, resilience, tenacity and endurance developed. The friendships forged and conversations had, I can maintain my fitness in the hope that I will get to do it in the future. And even if I don't, the journey itself was worth it. What a word. And it got me thinking, I had to tell y'all today that sometimes the trial you're training for isn't at all the trial that you're actually training for. So let me say that again. The trial sometimes that you're training for isn't actually the trial you're training for. Sometimes the training you're doing is to prepare you for the season of disappointment when you don't get what you had planned. Oh, I've lived this out and I'm sure I'll live out harder disappointments where I thought I, thought I was going towards something and then I wasn't picked or it didn't go that way. And, and if I had not done some early on, some early on deep squats, I wouldn't have been prepared that during that disappointment, I was not going to despair, but I was gonna trust Jesus and understand he was gonna use it for something else. Um, he's so good like that. So I've used a lot of physical examples here. We talked about training for a race. We've talked about going up and weight at CrossFit. But what does a spiritual workout, workout look like? We know what physical workouts look like. We gotta train spiritually. Let me give you just a few ideas. Being in the word, there's a reason that there's something called spiritual disciplines. Disciplines, that word doesn't mean like, oh, you're disciplining a child. It's again, self-discipline. The way that you train spiritually is studying the Bible. It's silence, solitude, worship, um, fasting, prayer. There's so many of them, I could go on and on. But those are the disciplines that train you. They're not always fun. They're not always fun. They're getting you ready so that when you face the trial, you know God's word and his character enough that you can say, I am not going to doubt. I am gonna stand back up under the weight of this trial. We have to be disciplined. So we are building perseverance. Number one was train for the race. I just gave you some ideas how we train spiritually. Number two, you have to know your sport. 
Number two, you have to know your sport. I love basketball, so I'm really mad about these Laker colors. Can you guys, and online, do you have a good view of like that? It looks like yellow and purple. Is it just me? Does that look like purple and gold to you guys? I don't like these Laker colors. I think Pastor Keith did this. I am a Blazer fan. Dear Jesus, keep, dear Jesus, just plant Lillard here never to leave in Jesus' name. We lift, up, we lift up all praise and glory, Jesus. Keep Lillard. So I like basketball, I know it a little, still have more to learn, I really like, but I don't know football. That, like, it, it makes no sense to me, okay? Like, like, how could there be one point, sometimes it's three points, there's something that gets four points, and then I think a touchdown seven points, or it's six points, but you have to kick the ball and then you get the seventh if it goes through these okay I don't understand there's downs some of the guys get to wear a crop top I'm like why they go off of the abs who how do they choose who's in the crop top I don't understand this why like I don't know the game I don't know football you drop me in a football field I will probably score for the other team because I don't know the game when we face trials you have to know what type of trial you're facing James describes three different types, testing, trial, and temptation. They're all T's, maybe you guys can memorize these. Trial, test, temptation. Trial, test, temptation. Remember, temptation comes from our own desires, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. These three different types of hardships they have three reactions that we need to have if we want to build perseverance and pass the test. In a trial, you must above all stay in it and don't run. However, if you're facing a temptation and sin is trying to take your heart and take you where you shouldn't go, you better flee. Do you see the difference? Sometimes it's actually a little bit hard to know the difference between the two. Um, uh, at Shepherd's Door where I work, I get to work with amazing, brave ladies who are overcoming their past and, and they're doing super hard work. And if one of the ladies was to come to me and they describe a, a, a trial they're going through, what advice I give them would be determined upon what type of trial it is. So if they said, hey, I'm having a really hard day at work, uh, what my boss said made me really mad um, and the people I'm working with are not doing their job like I, I really want to walk off the job, what would I say? Mm -mm, mm, no. We're staying. You're staying. You need to persevere. If one of my awesome ladies were to come and say, hey, somebody from my past who is up to no good <laughs> wants to meet up with me at the park, but I really need to go and be Jesus to them, what would I say? Run. Don't go. Do not go. Do not go. That is a temptation. So sometimes you need to stay. Sometimes you need to go. Sometimes you need to make a hard right choice like the one Amelia made. I want to describe to you a, a choice one of, one of our participants made. And she, she gave me permission to share this amazing story with you guys. See, first she faced, first she faced a temptation where she, she was at a point in, in the year-long program where someone she was an acquaintance with wanted to meet up with her, and, and she, she made a bad choice that resulted in a relapse. And this could have been completely devastating to her life because she, she 
had legal issues that were pending and she had DHS cases that were pending. And we told her, hey, you need to call, you have to call your PO officer and tell him what happened. And she was petrified knowing if she were to call her PO, PO officer, they could decide that she has no chance to ever get her kids back. And I watched her agonize over this choice for a couple days. Do I run? Because it feels like the right thing to do to run. Because I, I, what parent would ever want to jeopardize being close to their kids? Or do I call the PO officer and tell them? And she called. And she told him what had happened. See, the beautiful thing about our walk with Jesus is, even if you fail the temptation, you then have a choice where you could pass the test. She was down, but she wasn't out. We all fail, we all make mistakes where we're down and we're like, I don't think I can get back up, but we actually have an opportunity to make things right when we mess up. Every failed temptation becomes a test and a choice to do a hard right thing. And if you do the hard right thing online, it will take your life in a completely different trajectory than it would take if you don't do that hard right thing. And every time you make that choice, you get stronger in Jesus and you're prepared for harder choices. See, it starts back here. If you wanna be a, a woman and a man of integrity, first you start by not stealing the pens at work. I mean, I'm serious. Every time we make little choices of integrity, I will do the right thing. No, I won't even steal a stapler. I won't, I won't speed, oh, that's a hard one, okay. I, I shouldn't say that, because I'm not currently practicing what I preach, forgive me God, okay. Right? Put that cruise control on and just get yourself. But every small integrity step makes it easier and easier for you to make a big integrity step. And listen, young people in the room, there's, there's a lot of you in second service. This is why I wanna talk to you in particular for a second. Walk with Jesus every day. You don't need a rebellious time. You don't need to sow your wild oats. You don't need to call, go to college and make bad choices. God will forgive you if you do. And our God will be standing with arms wide open. He will run to you when you're ready. But I'm telling you, the more things that you go through and see that he's faithful, the more years that you walk with Jesus and learn how to persevere, the more you will have your mind blown by his faithfulness. Don't stray, not even for a minute. Walk with him. Walk with him. So number three and finally, it's a simple one. Call your coach. Call your coach. It's kind of like phone a friend, except I'm talking about Jesus. It's all sports metaphors today. It might surprise you as someone who doesn't understand football, but I do understand physical training and how much it's related to spiritual training. We can't do it on our own. We need advice. It says, anyone who lacks wisdom, ask God. See, sometimes I gave you some really obvious examples about the difference between a test and a trial. Sometimes it's not that easy. That one you're like, oh yeah, definitely don't meet up with a friend in the park, but go back to work. Sometimes you have a relationship in your life and you can't figure out if the relationship is toxic and you should get out of it, or if you're just in the wrong and you need to repent. Sometimes there's, it's actually hard to tell and you need wisdom from God, you need counsel from people, 
You need to know his word. You need to build community who can help you stay in line for that. Call your coach. It's okay to not know how to get through a trial, a test, or a temptation. We got to call on Jesus. It is so hard. You don't need to have perfect form. You know how Amelia just shared with you when she first showed up at CrossFit? She couldn't lift what she could lift today, those giant things. She couldn't, she couldn't even do a pull-up. And now I've seen her, trust me. She's like, <laughs> she's amazing. It took, it took a lot of time and, and a lot of what weightlifters call hitting failure. Any weightlifters out there who know about hitting failure? Where like, you, you think you're going to lift it and then you have to yell for someone. I, I did this the other day, bench pressing at, at um, my work. And I, I thought I could do it. I, I couldn't do it. Like it, it was going to fall down on me. I had to yell out for somebody to come grab. We have a coach who will come and grab the bar. Call to him. Yes, we do. The word says when you've done everything to stand, stand there for. You don't have to do it perfectly. All you got to do is just bear up under and stand back up again and trust that you will be stronger for the next one through him. So this past year and a half has been hard. Some of us are like, ah, can we stop talking about how hard it's been? But it still is, right? My, I just got through getting my daughters into a new school and then my sister just mentions in passing, she didn't mean to discourage me. She's like, oh, well, hopefully schools stay open. I'm like, what, what did you just say to me? What will I do if they close? Any other parents feel like that, right? I'm like, I didn't even think about that. I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm like, okay, Lord, no, I'm not. I'm still gonna be a woman of integrity. I'm not gonna lose it. You'll help me figure it out, Jesus. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I might be down for a little bit, but I'll get back up. The trial continues, but I'm ready. If I made it through COVID last year and found some fun and smoke again and was running inside my house because I couldn't breathe the air outdoors, if I found a way through that, through Jesus, I'll find a way through. If God forbid, literally, please God forbid schools close, we will find a way to serve Jesus. It's not gonna be easy, but we could do it. So this morning, I wanna pray for two different categories of people. Number one is if you're like, hey, I heard you say, the, that's, we run this race to, to get a crown of eternal life. And that is a crown for everyone who lives for Jesus Christ, who, who is called by his name. Maybe you don't know if you're called by the name of Jesus Christ yet. You don't know if you have a personal relationship with Jesus. I can tell you if, if you don't regularly have conversations with him, if you've never heard him speak wisdom over your life, you might not really know Jesus yet. It might just be a cultural Christianity. Maybe you were baptized as a baby, but you've never walked with God. Maybe you thought you were Christian just because you're an American. Whatever the situation is, you might not actually know Jesus as Lord and Savior personally. And the same for you, our online family. God is moving in your heart and calling you today. He's calling us. And then my second prayer point is gonna be for those of us this morning who can say, I'm in a trial, I'm in a test, or I'm in a temptation, and I need wisdom from God. I need his help, I need his strength, and I have good news for you. When Paul is speaking in Colossians about leading people to Jesus, he says, to this end, I also labor with all his energy that he works powerfully within me. It doesn't have to be your own strength. He actually sent the Holy Spirit to give you 
the same power that conquered the grave can be alive in you to overcome every trial. Yeah, we can clap for that. And it's not haughty to say, oh, I have the power of Jesus. That's not being puffed up. That's theology. That's what the word of God actually says, that he is inside of you if you are a believer in Jesus. So would you all stand up right now as we prepare for a time of prayer? I am asking for some bold people in here. We're gonna do an altar call. We're gonna go for it. Be prepared right now. If God is moving on your heart, be bold. Be bold today. He wants you to take a step for him. So with every single eye closed right now, now that we're standing up and you're at where you're at, if you feel a movement on your heart and you know, okay, I'm not actually living in a relationship with Jesus. I don't know how to call my coach. I don't know how to lean on him in trials. I don't know him yet. And I want to begin for real a walk with Jesus Christ for the first time. Would you look up at me and raise your hand all over this place? I wanna make sure I see you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to miss anybody. Please look up at me. I'm, I'm joining with you. Awesome. Thank you. I see you. Anybody else that knows that you, thank you so much, that you are responding to Jesus Christ for the very, very first time. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. This moment is real. The enemy, who is Satan, is gonna come and try to tell you this is just a momentary emotional high. It's not. He actually works through our emotions. So if you made that commitment, I'm gonna ask you to just come down front right now and meet me down here. I'm coming down here. Would you come and move forward? Your brothers and sisters in Christ are going to be praying for you. They're going to be standing with you boldly. Yeah, come on now. Come on down. Come on down. Give them a hand. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Keep coming. Anybody else want to make that stand? Let's give them a hand. Thank you, yeah, you guys can just face me. Anyone else at all? We're gonna give you guys a moment to pray your own prayer to Jesus. You can just whisper it. Um, people of God, just like you are, stretch out your hands to our brothers and sisters in Christ. So what, they're making a commitment to Jesus right now. The word says that anyone who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord is saved. It doesn't have to be a magical spell. Use your own words right now. I mean, the great thing about the masks, no one can even hear what you're saying. Just whisper to Jesus, pray your own prayer. Surrender to him. Jesus, we pray that these folks right here would be changed from this moment, that it would be a marker in their lives, Father God. Thank you that you're doing something real and powerful right now. You're transforming. These are, this is your now, your son's your daughter. Just, yeah, keep speaking to him. You could say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I, I'm sorry. I've messed up on my own, but I know that you cover my sins. And a real exchange is happening right now where he takes our dirty rags, is what the Bible calls our sin, and I'm right there with you, I've had the same moment. He takes them off and he puts a new jacket on you that is called righteousness, so that when God looks at you, he sees the perfection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we pray that you would seal up this decision right now. Do a work in these, these lives, Father God. Bring them close to you. I pray that when they call on their coach, that they would hear you clearly, because you're a God who gives wisdom without finding fault. We thank you and praise you for what you're doing right now in this moment in your name, amen.
And you guys, we can give them a hand. I want to ask you folks to do one more thing, and it's not going to be scary. No one's going to be weird. But if you can go with my friends over here, right here, to your, your left, my right, they just want to pray with you. Grab your info. You guys can head that way. You can get your stuff in a second. Thank you, thank you. And then listen, but we don't have to clap. Oh, um, we're going to go straight into one more prayer point. And I think a lot of people in this room need to be down here, and I'm putting myself down here right now, okay? This is if you are in a trial a test or a temptation that you can't handle on your own. Just come on down right now. Thank you. Thank you. More, come right now. Just come on down. It's open. It's open. Come, come on down. I would suspect that this, that this area is going to be full of people because I'm, I'm right here with you that I'm, I'm in one myself and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't know how. I need my coach to tell me how. If you are weary if you feel like you are under that barbell that you cannot carry, either you're on the verge of falling into the old behaviors, maybe you already have, you might be dealing with an addiction, you might be in a depression, you might be dealing with anxiety, you might be dealing with a broken family, stress at your job, whatever it is, there's so many different situations. The, maybe you're struggling in your faith right now and you don't know if it's all real. That's okay. Thomas doubted too, and he's one of the great disciples. Jesus will meet you right there in the struggle. And I'm telling you, I'm here with you. We're gonna call out and ask for his help right now. So if you guys would just open your hands like, like you're receiving, because he he's pouring into you right now. Father God, we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and like we said at the beginning, to encourage where there is a lack of courage, let it come in right now in Jesus' name. Let fear come out and courage come in. I pray that these people right here, myself included, would rise up on wings like eagles, that we would run and not grow weary and walk and not faint, that our youth would be renewed, that we would be able when we face this trial that we would be able to bear up under the weight, that we would know the hard decision you're calling us to, that we would be people of character who can count even a horrible situation as joy because the outcome can be maturity. The outcome could be completion. The outcome could be a people of God who show the world who, who you are. Let East Hill be a church that shows the world who you are, faithful, steadfast, true, holy. We wanna be like you, God. And the way through is through the hard stuff. We receive your power, God. We know that in this moment, probably most likely we're not gonna walk out of here and the situation be magically changed, but we are gonna walk out with your power and your wisdom. And we ask you for it right now in the holy, the mighty, the precious, the triumphant name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we say together, amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys can stay right here. I'm, I'm gonna wrap in one second. I, I'm so excited that we are going on this journey together. Pastor Keith talked about the journey, the journey, the stuff like the journey, those classes are some of the very things that prepare you to live a life of perseverance. When we get in the word, when we practice those disciplines of Bible study, it's gonna be powerful. Get in the game, serve each other. 
Um, if you want more information about Shepherd's Door that I mentioned at the beginning, uh, an organization that you partner with, or if you yourself or someone you love is struggling with addiction and you want a referral to a free program, we have an amazing woman out in the lobby who's here to talk to you. So if that's you, you can head out and talk to her. Um, so go in Jesus' name, happy Labor Day, and have a great weekend. God bless you guys. Thank you.